Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Smoke Pit. So when you think military recruitment, you don't generally think comedy. You know, you you might think to yourself, man, what a fucking joke. But but you're not thinking set up punchline, haha. Well, a Virginia National Guard recruiter named uh, Staff Sergeant Tyler Butterworth uh, is kind of changing that perspective. Uh, this guy has taken to social media. Uh, amassed quite a following and is putting out some really substantial comedy uh, around his uh, endeavors uh, in 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 the recruitment arena. I'll let him tell you about that. Uh, so with no further ado, Staff Sergeant Tyler Butterworth. Ty, welcome to the Smoke Pit. Thanks. Thanks for having me. Yeah, absolutely, man. You're a Virginia Guard recruiter. Yep. How long have you been in? I've been in for about 17 years now. 17 years. Okay. Mm-hmm. I will give you fair warning, man. On the way out, watch out for my mother. I think she's still angry at every recruiter alive. <laughs> Don't blame her. That has ever lived. <laughs> Just yeah. stealing their children away from her. That's what they think. What was uh, what was your recruiter like? Honestly, I don't even remember who he was. No shit. You know, the one thing that I remember about him was how he got me like sold on the job. Okay. So and what was his pitch? It really wasn't pitch. He he kind of he gave me the ASVAB. I did pretty well on it and everything. Could have... I could choose almost any job, and then I remember him sitting me down in the office, and he popped in a bunch of VHS or DVDs, whatever they were at the time. This is back in, like, 2006. Okay. So he pops in all these things, and I think I saw Medic first, and then the next one that popped up, he he pops this thing in there. I'm watching on the TV, and I'm like, man, this looks pretty cool. And it started off this, like, big muscular guy he's got a, a 249 saw and he's shooting it from the hip and then he gets a grenade out and th- <laughs> you know throws it into like the third floor window of a building and the whole building blows up and i'm like you're telling me i can do that and he's like yeah and that's how i you know joined the infantry holy shit right then and there done done wow. deal it was great. <laughs> he basically just played you like a trailer for Call of Duty, and you were like, yup, I, I, send me. I mean, yeah, it worked. Amazing. I kind of went in knowing I wanted infantry. I, I knew I wanted some kind of combat arms. Like, I, yeah. was, I was pretty furious about 9-11. And, I was the same. Yeah. Yep. I just, you know, wanted to drop bodies. That's it. I was I was that yep. angry guy. I, I was too. Yeah. <laughs> uh, where did you grow up? Uh, Fairfax. Fairfax. All right, so you were around here. Mm-hmm. So when 9-11 happened in Pentagon, that, that must have... Yeah, so I was in uh, chemistry class in uh, middle school. Shit. Yeah. So I remember coming home, watching on the TV, and then I was that crazy kid that in the newspaper, they had all the, like, terrorists at the time, and I would actually cut them out and put them in a little box in my room, and my mom's like, he's 100% going to join the military now. (laughs) And so I did. (laughs) I think she still has that little box somewhere. I gotta find it. I'm sure. I mean, that's that's not something you get rid of. That's no. that's amazing. That's Keeps that's a vintage shit right there. Yeah. You make baseball cards out of oh, them yeah. or something. Yep. <laughs> yeah. So so tell me about it. you. You go in. Um, where did you end up? Like, did you join the guard or? or I joined Army? the guard. I've been guard the entire time. Okay. Um, so I joined the guard, and the reason I chose the guard is that was the only recruiter that could tell me, like, you for sure are going to be in Iraq or Afghanistan within a year. And so I was like, all right, that's what I want. I didn't, I didn't join for any of the benefits or the college money or security clearance or anything that we kind of sell as recruiters now. Yeah. I, I wanted to go overseas, and I wanted to, you know, do harm to bad guys. That's that was the thing. All right. Did so, you get that chance? Sometimes, yeah. Uh, but we, uh, 
I don't know. It, it was it was a good experience. Um, I knew what I wanted to do, kind of starting off, and yeah. I got there. Nice. So, what, how many tours did you? How many times did you go over? Um, I did two tours to Iraq. Uh, one in 2007, and the other one was in 2011. Nice. Where were you in 07? Uh, we were at Al Assad Air Base, but we went to. We were all over. I'm trying to think. Where was I in 07? 506, I was back at Sadr. 607, I was stateside. 708, I was about 60 clicks south of Baghdad in uh, Babel Province, I think it was. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So you, you were kind of. You were out there? We were like Hit, Ramadi, uh, TQ. Okay. Uh, we went all the way up to the Syrian border. I mean, we were all over the place. Wow. What was I mean? If you were bouncing around that much, what was what was the mission? If we you... mainly did convoy security. Okay. Back then. Okay. Yeah. So it was it was good. It's a good time for that. It yeah. was when they were sort of introducing EFPs and really fucking oh, yeah. people up. So yep, absolutely. <laughs> it's it a was fun time for dangerous that. Dangerous time. <laughs> How'd you end up on the recruiter side? Um, so I basically I did both deployments. I came back. I was actually sitting on a rooftop in Baghdad, and a guy that was a police officer back here in Virginia. He's like you know, hey, you should maybe think about this. And I'm like, all right, well, I did the firefighter thing in high school, so maybe I'll try the police thing now. So came home, got a job as a police officer. I did that, you know, a couple different roles, detective, all that kind of stuff. Um, Had some kids, have a farm and all this, and I realized I was chasing a bad guy one night, jumping fences, you know, guns out and all that, and he's got a gun. And and I I jumped a fence, and I I lost him. I don't know where he went. And so – I kind of realized in that moment, you know, I got a little little kid at home and a wife and new family and everything. I'm like, this is this is not the safest job for me right now. So that's that's when I was like, you know what, I can go back to the guard and be active as a recruiter and make a little more money and probably a lot less danger. And so that's <laughs> that's what I did. It looks like you're having fun, man, because your oh, I am. social media presence, uh, just you know, on the army's behalf is is spectacular. Yeah, I love it. I, so what 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 got me was uh, you did this video, uh, Gen Z buzzword training. Oh yeah, for some of the older no cap. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, Sergeant Beasley, he's got the riz. <laughs> oh yeah, this is this is incredible. I'm watching this going. I mean, this has to be real, but I'm not sure. So of course, you know, I I run it past my my teenage daughter, who's yep. like, "Yup, I understood every word of that." Oh yeah. So now, you know, to this day, when she just rattles off at the mouth shit I don't understand, I just look at her and go, yeah. rent free! Yeah, rent free. Yeah. Yep, that, that does it. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that was a good one. <laughs> but, I mean, there's there's relatability in that, man. Like, there's, there's this tremendous disconnect, it seems, from, like, us older dudes to the guys that you're trying to get in nowadays. Oh, yeah. Talk about that. So the, the reason why I started all this social media stuff, specifically, like, Instagram, right? So... I went to a, we go to all these high schools doing high school recruiting displays and all that. Every branch does that. Yeah. So go in there and, you know, you stand there in front of there or behind the table with all your swag that you got out there and you try to incentivize the kids to come over and talk to you. So I realized very quickly that it's not that effective. It can be. But I asked these kids, I'm like, hey, what's your phone number? They don't know their phone number. So then I ask them, I'm like, okay, what's your Facebook? The first kid I asked, what's your Facebook? He's like, huh. <laughs> you know, my my mom has Facebook. I'm like, whatever, dude. Yeah, okay, cool. So I'm like, what do you have? And he's like, I have Instagram. And I was like, Instagram, tell me more. So I didn't have Instagram. I had a Facebook because I'm that old dude sure. to them. So I watched a bunch of YouTube videos. I, I basically turned myself into a 16-year-old girl at the time watching YouTube trying to learn this Instagram thing. <laughs> like I'm looking at all the trends and everything at the time. 
and I'm like, hey, this this is what they're doing. This is how they're communicating. You know, why don't I learn this? This would be much more effective than their mom hanging up on me on the phone. <laughs> As moms tend to do. Oh, yes, they do. Yeah. So I kind of went into that. Um, everyone I enlist at this point, usually on the way back from MEPS, I'm like, all right, teach me a new word. You know, teach me something I don't know. Teach me a new buzzword, you know, like our training, Riz, no cap, rent free, <laughs> all this kind of stuff. <laughs> And, and so far, uh, I, I haven't learned a new one in the last, like, two MEPS trips. No shit. Yeah. Is, is it just drying up, or are the kids just getting too old that they're not, they don't have their finger on the pulse anymore? I don't know. I mean, they, it's like these words are invented out of nowhere. And, I mean, once they use them, then it's, it, it's very easy for me, especially being on social media, to pick up on them now. And then if I have to, I can just ask. I mean, I don't know. I teach my own parents these words now. Wow. I'm pretty good at learning new languages, but this younger generation of slang, just, just not for me, man. It's not, it's not intuitive. I don't know, but it's effective. It's effective <laughs> if you can learn it. Because I tell you what, these kids walking by the table, and I'm like, hey, you want a backpack? And the kid's like, really? And I'm like, no cap. And they're like, what? Sheesh. You know, doing all this. <laughs> it's hilarious. They just start firing back. Oh, yeah, yeah. It's, it's like they, it, like they are, their brain just like clicks. They're like, oh, my gosh, he can, he can speak our language. Oh, shit. He knows what we're saying. This is absolutely brilliant. Uh, yeah, it works. So, so the DOD obviously is, is making this tremendous push, this effort mm-hmm. to sort of relate to this younger generation. Is it going well or are they missing the mark? Uh, that's a great question. Um, I don't know. I, I think there's a way to, to speak to this generation and the way to do that is through social media in my experience, in my opinion, you know, all of this is my opinion. Sure. Um, I don't think that these television ads and stuff like that are effective. I, I think that if they're on a streaming platform on Netflix or Hulu or any of these things that these kids are watching that, yeah, probably it's effective, but if you're not doing what the kids are doing or relating to the trends right now that these kids are watching, I mean, I, I was sitting in the parking lot waiting to come out here, and there's a probably 50, 60-year-old woman sitting next to me watching videos on TikTok of, like, dancing trends and all this kind of stuff. So okay. if you're if you're not doing something for the target audience that they're actually watching, I don't know how it would be effective nowadays. So let's let's talk about the target audience. Well, like, what, what, is, what is that age range that you're – it depends. Like you can you can break it down a lot of different ways. If I'm looking for non prior service or I'm looking for prior service as a recruiter, but for me, most of the time it's between the age of 17 and 34, which is those are the that's the age range that we're looking for in the military, okay. or at least in the National Guard. So, as far as high school goes, you know I'm looking for the age range of 16 to 20. You know you kind of you can kind of curtail what you're putting out there to those specific age ranges based on the platform even. Okay. Because one of the one of the biggest complaints that you know, especially from you know older folks from our our age group, mm-hmm. uh, is that oh how the how does how the hell does the military intend to recruit when they're going fucking woke, and there's there's all this, but like dude, they're not trying to get us, man. They're not. They're not. And that's and that's one of the biggest enemies of recruiting, and some of it I can understand. You know, everybody's entitled to an opinion, but at the end of the day, the people that are doing the most complaining are those that are probably have already been in the military. Mm-hmm. And so you have all the, you know, whatever the term is that people call them nowadays, the people that served before and that have these very strong opinions and they, they have not been a recruiter now. They've not interacted with this generation now. Yeah. 
you know, and I, I will say that with all of that being said and all of the negativity that people say, you know, the military going woke, again, everyone's entitled to an opinion, but my opinion is that the generation that I'm recruiting right now and the kids that I'm actually putting in are fantastic. They're no different than, than me or you. I mean, these kids are scoring a 90 on the ASVAB and you know what job they're choosing? Infantry. Mm. And you know why? Tell me. Because they want to serve. They don't, they don't, they're not doing it for the benefits either. They're doing it because they want to be belong to a brotherhood, sisterhood, whatever it is. They want to be part of something bigger than themselves. And that's what that's why I do what I do. And that's why I enjoy it. It's amazing to hear that that mindset is still yeah. active, that it's still out there, that, that it exists. Cause... And I will tell you, when I first realized that it was still out there, when I first saw it with my own eyes, when I had a, a kid in the car on the way back from Meps after he enlisted into the infantry, and you know what he asked me? He's like, am I going to learn how to use a bayonet? When that kid asked me that question, I was like, <laughs> yes, yes, you're going to learn how to use a bayonet. Like, this is, I'm going to keep doing this job now. You know what? This makes me happy. Watch me enlist all these kids into the infantry now. Oh, the right amazing. ones. The right ones. I guess that's what it boils down to is the right ones. Exactly. The ones that want it. Yeah. Yeah. I know it's 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 hard to imagine, like, these, you know, this, this no-cap rent-free generation having that burn in their gut to you know get fucking cross rifles pounded into their chest and makes me hit proud. the field makes me proud we had 9-11 uh the kids you're trying to put in today they didn't they didn't have some you know massive inciting incident that that absolutely changed their life and that, that the landscape of of the nation uh for the rest of their lives you know instead right. they're they're coming off the tail end of a 20-year war that would scare anyone in their right mind to right. to repeat you know i mean that's that's got to be a little bit of a an obstacle as well no it is it is it, it, it's just where they're finding their motivation where they're finding their you know need to serve or want to serve you know it's sure it was easy for you and i you know watching that on tv watching it happen or maybe you experienced it in person any of it you know family members anybody that was lost during that that motivated you or i to join it's no different than anything that could motivate these kids now. There could be a single point in their life or a single event in their life that motivated them to want to do that. It could be somebody like you or I talking right now. Hmm. And that's true. Even even you know when we went in, there was, I mean, yeah, there were a ton of people who just strictly wanted to drop bodies after after the towers fell. Um, but there were a lot of people who who you know went infantry to piss their dad off or to you know. Yeah. It was the only job they could get that would that would give them the college money to do something bigger and better later. Yep. Or they were just sick of their hometown and wanted to get the fuck out. There's still a lot of that. In spite of having a 9-11 to point to and go, that, that's why I want to do this, people still have all kinds of other reasons. Yeah, exactly. Uh, so the social side of it. Actually, yeah, talk talk a little bit about that, just just, just the, the process. Because, I mean, so you go to these recruiting events, you're learning all these new buzzwords, mm-hmm. and then, you know, you, you got you to gotta engage with them on social media. Like, what's what's the process like? Well, it's, it, to me, it's just like any job. If I see, like, a current trend on social media, it's like the, you know, the creepy, like, ASMR of, like, people <laughs> eating and all that kind of stuff. It's like, that's super weird to me, but some people are into that. So... You know, the way that I think something, the way my brain works is I see that stuff now. Yeah. And from the social media side, I'm like, you know what? I'm going to make a super creepy ASMR video about me, like, opening an MRE and, like, all the congealed fat and, like, squeezing, like, (laughs) you know. 
but stuff like that. You know, I'm not going to, I'm probably going to turn off a lot of people by doing a video like that. But those people that like those super creepy ASMR videos, they'll be like, whoa, this is great. And you're telling me I can, you know, eat an MRE like this. <laughs> Maybe it'll work. Yes, the, the, the squish of that chili yeah. mac. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Delicious. Which I'm, I'm assuming has to be your favorite MRE, right? The chili mac? Yeah. So they had the uh, beef ravioli. That was my go-to back then. You know, um, we we started off on such a good foot. I mean, the chili mac is probably a close number two, but <laughs> okay. I will tell you the fudge brownie came in the beef ravioli, and that's why it was my number one. Okay, fair enough. What's fair your enough. Uh, least favorite? Least favorite. Oh, my God. I'm yeah. going to walk out if you get this answer wrong. It's Country Captain Chicken. Country Captain. Three Seas of Death. Okay. Yeah. That's pretty bad. It would be the uh, the spinach fettuccine Alfredo now. Oh, God. I don't think I've even come across that. Oh, man. We'll have to bring you one next time. It's They're really great. We should do, like, a, a podcast of, the like, ASMR style of eating it. We should. And just be, like, a, a, an MRE potluck. Yeah. It'd just be, <laughs> we no, could each bring a few favorite MREs and a few least favorites. I tell you what. Everybody in the military would probably watch it if it was the spinach fettuccine one because that's probably the number one most hated MRE right now. No shit. Yeah, from what I've seen. Is it is it relatively new, or has it been around for a minute? It's been around for a couple of years. It's... It's been around long enough, though. <laughs> long enough. Long enough. Maybe too long. Like the veggie omelet. The veggie omelet. Uh, that one was just... Oof. I'd rather starve. Yeah. Uh, just eat all the snacks. Yeah. <laughs> and, of course, as a grunt, I'm sure there's one thing, no matter what Emory it comes in, you don't fucking eat. Are you talking about charms? Of course I'm talking about charms. Right. Yeah. So I have never had an MRE with charms in it. Really? Yeah. So I don't know if I missed out on that. I hope that means they finally got rid of it. I think so. Because, I mean, um, charms, you know, that brings fucking rain in the field. It gets your buddies killed. You right. Just, you... And that's what I've heard. I've heard that, you know, I, yeah. I learned that coming into the military, but I've never actually received an MRE that had the charms in it. So maybe they were gone by the time I got in. I, I hope so. Know. I hope so. You know what they're you know what they're bringing back, allegedly? Allegedly. What are they bringing so, back? You remember the little uh, Tabasco bottles oh yeah your stay awake potion oh, yeah, sure yeah, yeah. You, like put it in your your lip with your dip or whatever <laughs> delicious uh so they they took those away and they replaced them with these lame little pepper sauce things that uh-huh. are you know it's spicy spicy so they i opened an mre the other day for a video we we're doing obviously we we try not to eat those at the office you know sometimes you get real hungry though <laughs> uh so i opened it up and there was one in there so i like sprint into the other office and i'm like hey did you guys see this and they're like yeah they're putting those back in there I was like, oh, <laughs> this is great. <laughs> Did you ever do the MRE Cracker Challenge? I have participated in the Cracker Challenge. Uh, I have never succeeded. Son of a bitch. Yeah. Okay. Well, what was what was your strategy? Because I've I've done it and I've I've accomplished it. What was your strategy going in? I really didn't have a strategy. My strategy Therein lies was your problem. To, uh, yeah. I, I mean, I guess I did. My strategy was to assemble the largest crowd of fellow infantrymen. <laughs> Okay. To surround me, and my goal was to see who I could ma- make laugh the hardest. So basically, I was just trying to spew crackers out of my mouth everywhere, and got it. I succeeded there. Okay, so you weren't you weren't actually trying to accomplish the challenge. No, you were no. you were just being theatrical. Exactly. Okay, yeah. <laughs> for the sake of being that guy, I that's get what it. I've been known for. <laughs> <laughs> was that was that you? Were you like that that guy in the platoon? That uh... oh yeah. Yeah, I was I was uh I was constantly getting smoked when I was a private. I uh Yeah. We did our train up in Camp Shelby, Mississippi. It was super hot. Uh but I became known as the barber uh in our platoon because I was really good at, you know, giving a number one buzz cut. 
no <laughs> other skills. So my uh, team leader, who was a coal miner from West Virginia, you know, super, super smart, tactical-wise guy, uh, he asked me to cut his hair, and so I cut his hair, and I, I may have left a small patch of hair on the back of his head. Well, he walked to the shower, and some sergeant major saw him, and he's like, hey, you know, yelled at him. And he comes back in, and he's like, beat up! And so I'm, you know, next thing I know, I'm I'm low crawling down this drainage ditch that's filled with water next to the barracks, like all the way back and forth until he's getting tired. So yeah, I was I was I got smoked on the hood of the Humvee in uh, Ramadi, in the city one time. In the city. In the city. Yeah. What did you do to get smoked on an op? He asked me how to spell something, and I intentionally spelled it wrong uh, in his Blue Force tracker mes- message back to battalion. And so they they sent a message back and it was like maybe you should spell check next time or ask and I I earned that one. I mean, did you deliberately spell peninsula like P E N I S? It it may have been something like that. It yes. was probably a little phallic <laughs> if I had to guess, yeah. <laughs> we don't want to violate obsec yeah. here, but you know, oh, we can man. speculate. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, he got me good with that one. It's it's funny. I was just having this conversation with someone not too long ago. Um, about exactly that, about grunts just going out of their way to get smoked. Like, let's see who we can piss off today. Man, we had to do a porta potty guard in our motor pool. We had like a bank of like four porta potties in there. Yeah. And so guys were going in there and doing their best artwork. And uh, <laughs> <laughs> I guess the first sergeant got real tired of that. So they said the next uh, piece of artwork, or he was a, a postman in the United States, so everybody would write First Sergeant Mailman all over the <laughs> porta potties, which he was not a big fan of. I'm sure. Yeah, not not the best idea. So anyway, he, he found the next drawing in there, and the next thing we know, we had to set up a uh, an ECP around the porta potties and check oh IDs. Oh, my God. I think we had a, a 240 position. We you know, filled sandbag. I mean, this was like a full-on You thing. probably fortified the hell out Concertina of it. Concertina wire around it. I mean, it was intense. Yeah. Yeah. I uh, We had to do something similar. It wasn't an actual guard post, but we, we basically had to well, – we chose to. Our, right. our mission was to fill a thousand sandbags, and it was actually just one NCO who had to do this because you know we like to get our, our birthday punches in, and oh, yeah. he delivered a couple of birthday punches to this you know a, a soft skill, a uh, what was he? He was an NBC guy. Oh, nice. Attached to our company, so <laughs> didn't didn't have that leathery. Ugh. Oh yeah. Anyway, he claimed that he was peeing blood because he got punched too hard. So yeah. you know our NCO's got to fill a thousand sandbags. We're not going to let him do it by himself, so we're out there. You know, taking part in the shenanigans, and we end up building like this giant glass house how out you of have to do it. yeah, you know, rooms to clear and, and some furniture for for bad guys to hide behind. Yeah. And then when we were done, we just we just ran drills through the house. Yeah, training just, value. Yeah, training value. Exactly. Physical fitness and training value, mm-hmm. all in one. Mm-hmm. Perfect. <laughs> but now, first sergeant rarely likes when when their training or their corrective training becomes. Uh, you know, a means of entertainment. Yeah, no, it's never never a good idea. They don't have a sense of humor about that shit. You know, I went back on my second deployment to some of those same porta potties and the artwork was still in there. Get the fuck out. That's pretty cool. Wow. Yeah. It really lasts. That's amazing. Yeah. That's impressive. I, I would only expect that to last in Kuwait. I've You would think, yeah. Yeah. yeah it was some, it was something. <laughs> I was blown away when I went in there. I'm like, wow, the memories. <laughs> uh, it smells the same. What else you got? What else? What other kind of fun shit did you do on deployment? 
Uh, we had a, uh, there was a Marine Corps sniper position outside of our main gate. And for some reason, somebody had a great idea that when convoys are coming in, you know, these big, long lines of tactical vehicles with soldiers or Marines or airmen, whoever it was in it, you know, not the enemy. It's right. Very kind of obvious. Yeah. Stands to reason. Well, it made sense for us to, our turret gunner, if you were in the lead gun truck, you had to hold up your ID card. That way they could validate, hey, those are the good guys down there. <laughs> hey. So uh, we had the Wait, great Wait, this idea. is SOP or you just started doing this because it seems no, safe? No, no, no. We were, we were told like, hey, you know, you the convoy's coming in. You need to hold up your ID card. First vehicle, first, you know, Vic, hold up your ID card and you'll get, you know, clear to enter. No, this makes perfect sense because if an entire element of like AQI or yeah. ISIS is going to capture an American unit, right. and they mean, got your they got your vehicles, right? They got your equipment, they got your uniforms, right. but they won't think to get your CAC card. Exactly. So if you can present that. So, what I thought would be more beneficial for the Marine Corps <laughs> snipers was to make a larger CAC card. <laughs> <laughs> So there was plenty of cardboard to go around, so we made a very large cat card out of cardboard that then I would hoist out of the turret and stand there like this. And I'm sure the Marine snipers are up there looking at me through their spotting scope. Turret rifle, gunner with like, a sign. Oh. <laughs> so, yeah, we're, we're constantly joking around. It's part of it, though. It's part of why I love it. Uh, one of the things I, I miss the most is, is the barracks. Tell your future enlistees what the barracks is like, or at least what it was like in our day. I mean, you got to think you're you're like you're part of a family. You're you're part of a large family of you know maybe up to forty people in your family. Sure. <laughs> and you're all going to sleep next to each other, so mm-hmm. you're going to learn everything about everybody in there. You're going to learn who snores, who doesn't, who talks in their sleep, who wets the bed, who walks in their sleep, all this kind of stuff. Uh-huh. So. You can imagine, just like your brother or you or sister, you like to joke around. All of your other family members are going to joke around with you in the military. Sure. And so sometimes people's feelings get hurt. Sometimes people take it too far. But at the end of the day, we're all friends. We're all a big family. So, and the barracks will make you make you realize that very quickly. Yeah. Yeah. That's a that's a very diplomatic answer. I might I might also add to that that you know just like a big weird forty person family, yeah. you might see your fucking uncle jump out of the shower ass naked to chase one of your cousins around with a bat. It is it is possible. You might yes. yeah you might see your your older brother rappelling off the second story of the barracks with the you know your your younger brother's five fifty cord like this oh, yeah. shit happens. Yeah, there's I, I I mean I'm trying to think of some some of the better uh, stories. I don't know. I mean, we back in uh, 2007. That's when, from what I know, that's when digital cameras became like kind of, kind of a thing. Yeah, so, kind of ruined a little, a lot of things. I remember the the first digital camera. I've always been into photography or videography or whatever it is. I've always thought it's cool. So, the first little, uh, not little. It was actually huge <laughs> digital camera that I had that you know the memory card can hold like a hundred pictures or something. I'm like, man, this is crazy. You know, you don't have to get it developed. You can just plug this in. <laughs> so it would take some video too, and I still have that camera. I still have some of those videos, and a lot of it are the shenanigans of the barracks. Yeah. You know, whether it was the haircuts or me just you know getting yelled at, get that camera out of my face, <laughs> like that kind of stuff. So. <laughs> Yeah, it's it's good, and that's that's one thing on the camera side and video side I'll say is if you're in the military now, 
take pictures, take videos, because when you're out of the military or even later on in your career, you're going to want to see those pictures. You're going to want to look yeah. back on all those buddies that you had and, you know, maybe still talk to them. Maybe they're gone, but you'll have all those memories. So mm-hmm. that would be my advice. I know that's not what you asked, but. No, that's fair. And again, to, to piggyback off what the LT said, uh, <laughs> also maybe be careful who you show those pictures to. And and make Very sure good. you know what's on your camera roll before you start sharing. I'll tell you a funny story about, you know, <laughs> the new age of digital cameras, right? Ooh. This is like 2006, 2007. My buddy and I were uh, both SOG, sergeants of the guard. Mm-hmm. So periodically one of us takes a lap around the patrol base and checks in on all the you know, privates up in the guard tower. So my buddy leaves his, his rifle behind with his 203 and his camera. So... What am I supposed to do at this point, right? He left me no choice. So yeah. I, I, you know, took some photos. Dropped my trousers. <laughs> I, I might have put myself inside of a 40 millimeter tube uh, nice. and taken a picture of this. I left it on his camera. So he goes home on mid tour leave, not tour, not too, too long after this. And he's sitting on the couch in <laughs> Killeen, Texas with his mom showing her pictures from Iraq. And she's scrolling, scrolling, yeah. scrolling. Daniel, what the fuck is that he's like oh shit no those are these your balls no those are goldie's balls how do you know what goldie's balls look like (laughs) so yeah be be aware of what's on your camera roll when you're uh when you're sharing that with family absolutely yeah because those kind of pictures end up on your camera yeah. So what are your what are your comedic influences? I mean, there's not a ton of like military movies out there with great recruiting scenes. I mean, yeah. you know, Stripes had a pretty pretty decent scene at the recruiters uh uh in the army now with Polly Shore and uh uh Andy Dick had a pretty good recruiting scene. Right. What were your, what were some of your some of your comedic influences? For me, it's always been, you know, I grew up watching Mad TV and Saturday Night Live, but I would say the number one for me would be uh like Will Ferrell. Will Ferrell was big, you know, military theme comedy. I've never really been into. I've never listened to it, watched it, anything like that. It's always been okay. the like civilian side, you know, old school. These these old Will Ferrell movies, older, you yeah. know, now now. Uh, but watching those, Paul Rudd, you know, any of these guys that are in that kind of comedic circle, Jonah Hill, you know, I could name a bunch of them, but. Those guys, you know, I watch that movie and I watch these kind of movies and the way that they do comedy and it's like, man, I wonder if I can adapt that and make it kind of military related. So what if I could be like the Will Ferrell of the military? Like that would be pretty cool. So that's that's kind of what I'm what I'm trying to do, what I've tried to do with some of these videos is okay. kind of impart some of the stuff that I see on TV or movies or what's popular or was popular when I was younger. Yeah. And then bring that into the military. So we go from, from I mean, obviously Will Ferrell was, was, was huge on SNL. But, uh, no, that kind of makes sense, that sketch comedy approach to social yeah. media. Because it is. It's, it's got to be short, short and digestible. Yeah. and Capture the attention. Yeah. You want to have something that, you know, you, you open your phone and you're scrolling. Just like the old lady I was telling you about out here. Yeah. She's on her phone. And then something gets her attention, and she watches for maybe five seconds, and then. Whoosh, 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 whoosh. So if you're going to make these videos, you know you got to be you got to be quick. You got to have something that's like bam in your face, and then you're like, oh wow, this is like I'm intrigued. This is dramatic, or this is funny. Like you got to have that. Okay. And so that's what I try to do. Um, I don't know. I feel like Will Ferrell's funny to me. Like those guys are funny to me. So it's like if I can kind of 
do a spoof of them or like let's say the office you know steve carroll and uh dwight Schrute, rain wilson those guys uh, like gold like that you can't you can't beat that i know vet tv did a recruiting office kind of thing yeah uh we did a couple where basically i would watch the opening scene of the office and then i was like okay let's i'm gonna rewrite this to make it like the office and so we did that and that one that one went viral like quick because it was like people people were like man this is like the office but in recruiting i'm like that's the point (laughs) and it's like man this is I, I did that. I started writing some of the original like skits that we do, and I'm like, man, I really like this. I really, I like the creative process. I like the, you know, learning how to what you know what makes people laugh. Yeah, and that that to me is the the best part. Is is figuring out what what does it for other people? Exactly. Like what gets like, other people? What off makes you laugh? What makes me laugh? You know, and then how can how I can make those two different people laugh at the same thing? Okay. Like that's what I think is neat, and then. Once I figured that out, not that I've 100% figured it out, I just I just try every day. I, I'm like, you know, how else can I improve this? And that's when I started learning the the video and audio and all that kind of stuff, and then the editing process to make it even more like captivating or cinematic. What's What's the big thing you want to accomplish? Like, do you want to do you want to uh, 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 carry a piece of media as a leading role? Do you want to write? Do you want to direct? Like, what what is what's the, the loftiest goal you've got as far as like media and creativity goes? I would love to be an actor. I would love to be in a you know Netflix series or a movie or something like that. I mean, anybody that's ever been in front of a camera, that's probably what their goal is. They're like, man, I want to be in a movie. You know, if I'm like if I was standing next to like Will Ferrell, I'd be like, oh. <laughs> he's so cool. Um, but no, I mean that would be a goal. Uh, I think better utilizing social media for advertising, branding, marketing, that yeah. kind of thing is something that I'm very interested in as well. Okay. The the business side of it as exactly. well. Exactly. Yep. Okay. And if you can make a couple of bucks acting on the side. Exactly, yeah. All right. Absolutely. What about writing? Because, I mean, you, you, you obviously write all these. Do you have any dreams to, to write something I, I've never I've never really gone down that, that path of, you know, how I can – you know, whether it's monetize or how I could do something like that writing wise, right. because I would. I mean, everything that you see is if it's an original thing and not just a voiceover is something that I've written. Um, the guys that I work with, we all kind of go back and forth. And, you know, just like we're doing here, if we're coming up with new ideas, we're going to talk about it. And so that's what we do. We just kind of sit around and, you know, I'm like, hey, you know, you guys want to do one about the office today? And then we're like, you know, okay, well, what's going on right now that we could put into this? And so there's one that we didn't do uh, that, that we're sitting around talking, the whole balloon thing. Remember the, the yeah. big, big – <laughs> The spy balloon? The, I, I think it's a weather balloon. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Roger that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, so the <laughs> the big balloon, right? So the I remember – this white balloon. Go for it. Yeah. I remember thinking uh, – like we could write a like recruiting office kind of episode <laughs> for this, and and I I don't remember why we didn't do it, but it was something to the effect of like the the Air Force recruiter you know mailing us something in the mail, and all it says was like <laughs> Air Force One Army Zero, <laughs> and then we're like that was the idea, but then we're like I'm, we're like writing a script around it and all that, and that's kind of how it goes. That's how we come up with stuff like okay. what's popular right now yeah. or. 
what's in the news that, you know, obviously we're not going to do anything that's against the military. I'm always going to support it. Sure. Um, but we kind of look at that stuff and then I'm like, how can we make that funny? But with good taste at the same time. And that's, that's essentially what I do every day. Okay. Constantly thinking. I probably, on the way here, I probably saved like, I don't know, four different things that I was listening to. I'm like, man, I could probably turn that into something. What kind of what kind of stuff were you listening to that 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 you thought you could kind of convert and songs, uh, lyrics of songs, or just uh, you know like what's that guy's name Hans Zimmer, like he's a composer he does yeah yeah, yeah yeah James Bond or whatever yeah, like yeah. the all those songs like I I listen to that song the the like James Bond theme song and I'm like man I could use that and I'm like okay how could I use that I'm like well it could just be me with the new squad designated marksman rifle that we just got recently and it's like that thing comes with a suppressor so it's like <laughs> it'll just be me like you know screwing the suppressor on with that music and then when it does the dan that thing it'll be like how i feel every time i put a suppressor on <laughs> like, like that kind of stuff i don't know it's just the way my brain works yeah your brain has basically rewired to think in terms of social media yeah, or or the creative aspect of it. Like what would what would be funny? Any larger pieces of media that you're working on currently? No, not really. Um I haven't really done any kind of long form content. It's okay. something that eventually I will get into. Uh I find that much more difficult than the short form. And it's funny the people that do long form that I've talked to, they're like, Oh yeah, short form's way harder. And I'm like, I think it's the opposite. But I think it's just because it's whatever you're accustomed to doing. Yeah. It's just like we talked about, I think before we started, how the podcast, right? This is this is easier for you to have these conversations and to do a podcast. Yeah. But if you, if I put a video camera in your hand and like, hey man, let's make some videos, might not be as easy for you, and and vice versa. If I'm sitting here interviewing you and asking you and leading a conversation, that's right. a lot harder for me. Yeah, I don't know. Well, long form, you can you can set things up. You know, I can take my time setting up a joke. Exactly. I can I can set up a punchline. I can set something up now that's going to pay off in the next act. Yeah, uh, exactly. You know, come full circle. You got like fifteen seconds. Yeah, and I mean the way I look is okay. You know, making content, doing social media is not part of my job. Like I'm not I'm not paid to do any of that. Like I do that for fun. Right. So. If I'm going to do that, I want it to be, like, quick. I want it to be, like, hey, you, 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 let's make some videos. Here are the ideas. And then we might knock out ten videos that we do in one day. Jesus. We shoot everything, and then I organize it on my memory cards and all that kind of stuff and computer. And then when I have time in the evenings or whenever, I'll edit it. And then I have a bank of edited stuff that I can put out to where I'm putting out a video a day. And that's what I try to do. Okay. Sick. But the long form stuff, yeah, you're right. Like I would love to be able to just sit and like, oh man, this would be funny and then that would build on this and all that. Like that would be great if I could do that, but I just I don't have the time to do that right now. Not yet. Not yet. Not One yet. day. Someday. I hope. Yeah. <laughs> now screenwriting's fun. And honestly, man, I you you're you're good at telling stories. You know, you tell you tell a complete story very well in, you know, fifteen to thirty seconds. Um, and honestly, I think if you really did want it to write for the screen, I think you could pull it off. Yeah, well, I appreciate it. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. Definitely, man. I went to L.A. recently. I met uh, Mike O'Hearn. 
So he's like the the guy in the uh, the memes, the baby don't hurt me one, where yeah. he's you know doing all the poses and whatever. Uh huh. And so you see these videos, and I did a, I basically took a green screen of him from YouTube. You know, there's YouTube shorts of green screen, and if you know what you're doing editing wise, you can just use that in your videos. Okay. And so I did that. I was like, I found you know Mike O'Hearn of him, you know, with all of his muscles and everything. So I put him into one of my videos, and I made it look like he's walking into my recruiting office, and I'm like, <laughs> like whoa. But the caption was, "I'm here to join the infantry." And I'm like, yeah, yeah. So I did that. Mike, uh, I think he commented and liked the video, and then he followed me, and I'm like, oh, this is cool. Like this is the guy. This is the guy that you know is in all these memes. I mean, it's yeah. super popular. And so I sent him a message, and I was like, hey, Mike, it would be cool to do some videos with you. And he's like, I'm down. And so I went to L.A. to uh, see one of my friends out there and do some video work. And uh, I, I landed in L.A., and I'd never been to L.A. before. Have you been? Yeah. Whew. Yeah. I live on a farm. Did I say that? Yeah. So we literally land. The plane. The plane comes in, and I tell you what. If there had been, like, RPGs and, like, explosions in the city and, like, gunfire going off, when we came through that, like, layer of smog, I would have thought I was back in, like, Baghdad or something. Well, I mean, it's L.A., so there probably were explosions and gunshots going (laughs) off that you just didn't see. I I couldn't believe it. I was like, man, this is is nuts. So, anyway, I landed there. I did a story on Instagram, and I was like, Mike, I'm here. Let's do this. I didn't think he's going to, you know— do anything so he sent me a message he's like monday zero nine uh gold's gym venice beach i was like Holy sold shit. i'll be there uh so i went uh i met up with another uh national guard recruiter in la there and i was like hey you want to go meet mike o'hearn with me and he's like uh yeah I'm like, let's do yeah, it who's gonna say no to that bring the swag man get him a sweatshirt <laughs> we need a you know 4xl or whatever yeah so we go down there with my buddy who's a, a videographer and we go in there and i'm like I was kind of nervous you know this is like a celebrity and so i walk in and the guy at the front desk is like how can i help you and i'm like well i'm i'm here to see mike o'hearn and and he's like mike who i was like mike o'hearn you know the baby don't hurt me guy and he's like oh we kicked that guy out of here and i'm like what <sighs> and i mean i was like oh well uh i i didn't know maybe i went to the wrong one and he's like yeah maybe you did and i was like oh He's like, I'm just kidding, man. Mike told us to mess with you. I'm like, what? I'm like, I couldn't believe it. This guy, this guy has a sense of humor. I was like, all right, this is a good sign. So I had a bunch of infantry brochures. He's in this back room talking to all these, you know, bodybuilders, yeah. Mr. Olympia. And the gym all bros. This stuff. Yeah. yeah. I'm like, and I'm like, man, I'm the smallest dude in here. And so I walk in and I have these in- infantry brochures and we're kind of like standing there awkwardly waiting for him to like turn around. Yeah. And so I'm like whatever i'm a recruiter watch this and so i i have an infantry brochure and i walk up to him and tap him on the on the shoulder and i'm like sir i i wonder if you have some time to talk about the infantry you look like you'd be a great candidate for it <laughs> and he turns around and like was a good sport about it and, and he's like you know well i actually don't read that well so can you tell me this stuff i see that one that looks like a <laughs> rocket launcher i'm like yeah that'd be perfect for you mike and so he's like Going back and forth, he's like, I got this amount of time. Let's make some videos. So we we shot video for probably an hour and did a bunch of different stuff. And so far, I've put out one of those videos. We have a couple other ones that I'm going to put out. But nice. 
And now to the point where he's, I'm trying to see if we can get it approved where he'll come here to Virginia to interact with some of the soldiers here. You know, we can do it for the recruiting and retention purpose. And because, you know, what better way for these guys to see that, you know, these larger people appreciate them. And so that's kind of my angle that I'm trying to do with him. That's amazing. Yeah. And super nice guy. Like just. He texted me when I landed in Virginia, when I got home from L.A. He's like, hey, man, I just want to say it was nice meeting you, hoping you got home safe, blah, blah, blah. Like, oh, that's so cool. Super nice guy. That's incredible. Yeah. It's always nice when you, you meet someone and, and they, they live up to your expectations. Yeah. I mean, and especially, like, everybody in in L.A., you know, I, I, I've I never been. You know, I'm used to talking to people face-to-face or shaking your hand or all yeah. this. and. And my buddy that I was there, he's like, you know, I hope he, I hope he doesn't blow us off or you know any of this kind of stuff. And I was like, nah, he seems like a nice guy. And my wife even says like, you always, you always think the best in people, and I do until you until you cross me, and then I'm like, <laughs> nope, you're done. <laughs> but so I, I had that going into it. I'm like, he's probably gonna be a super nice guy, blah blah blah. And my buddy's like, ah oh, man, I don't know, he's probably gonna stand us up, blah blah. And, and so when I met him in person, I was like, yeah, he is a nice guy. Nice. And so it worked out. <laughs> well, I saw that one piece that you put out with him. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm looking for the rest to come out because that was, that was entertaining as hell. Yeah, well, I'll show you one before I leave. Okay. Yeah, please and thank you. Yeah. Cool. You still want to shoot some content while you're here? I mean, why not? Outstanding. Brought my camera. Oh, sick. Good to go. Well, shit, man. Let's, let's get into it. Yeah, let's do it. 